Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Juliet Lippman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Bobbin, real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Roger Bell there. Roger, I was telling you in the pre-pod, I'm pulling a U today, fresh off a plane. I just got back from Vegas, and I just said, let's fucking do this. Let's go, because I want to go to sleep. Um, how you doing, pal? <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> oh, full disclosure, before, on normal pods, Roger is flying in because, like, shout out to the god Dia Bell, who was like out here, um, you know, getting these offers and out here, you know, being an all American quarterback. But that requires a lot of flights for Roger, and he sometimes just comes in here and, and he's like, "Yo, let's fucking do this. I'm I'm here. Let's go. We're ready to go." That's me today, Roger. <laughs> That's fair. And it's fair that that's how I normally am. Diaz got a lot of work to do, though. Let's put that out there. He better go. He had a good summer. He got a lot of work to do. His ass needs to. That's yeah. just life. Hey, man, you can have a little bit of hype, but you still got to go out there. You you got to you got to cash them checks. There's another thing. Them offers. You It's cool to get them, but you got to keep them. motherfuckers. He got two more yeah, years. You got to keep them. You got to secure the bag. He got three years. Oh, yeah. He better get on yeah. this shit. <laughs> he got to secure the bag, but he's a hard worker. So but but let's clear that up. I can appreciate that, dog. Like summer, summer league. Um, when I when I played, obviously it was it was taxing. But when I went, you know, as a member of the Cavs front office, or if I'd ever have to go for various media, you know, obligations, it's a very taxing and draining experience. Vegas in general is like that, but then you throw the summer league on top of that, so I can dig it, brother. I feel you, bro. It was it was the it was the and I don't we don't even have a real rundown here. We're just gonna talk. And then until we're stopped talking, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but bro, it was just, this year's experience was a, 
like a bit different, man. Cause like this is my third one. I kind of know the lay of the land. The hard thing though is like you're talking to you're you're talking to people while trying to plot ahead. I don't know how it is for you guys, but like you're talking to people, you're you're trying you're you're just it's so much social activity, bro. And like you, you add the heat on top of that, and then you add to the this year a hype on Wimbenyama. It was just, it was one of those, I think it was the most hyped summer league in, uh, that I've ever been to. Vegas was packed, bro. It was, pro- it was like fight night packed all time, to- the whole time. I could imagine um, just by, by looking at some of the crowds in the arena, obviously Wimby, but you know, I got a call from, from Matrix. It was yesterday. Um, I was like, why is, why is he calling me, bro? What is this dude? hitting my phone for right now. Just weird time of year for tricks to be hitting me up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what? So what's going on? But he was out in Vegas with the Retired Players Association. And he legends, was saying that there's yes. the legends. And he was saying there was a huge, you know, um, turnout this year. And they had a bunch of stuff going on. And he was trying to get me to come out and, and participate next year. So not only, I mean, like there was, everybody was out in Vegas, bro. Like Vegas was, Vegas was on fire apparently. It was on fire for sure. Oh, also, one of the things I wanted to tell you is I'm, 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 I'm inching in and out of sleep at this point. One thing I want to tell you, a lot of Real Ones fans of Summer League. A lot. Oh. A oh. lot, bro. Bro, oh. I signed two basketballs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I signed two basketballs. Yes, bro, so I'm walking. I'm walking to the... Uh, it was... I didn't know our demo. We got like like 10, 11, 12 year olds, two fucking with us too, man. Like, so wow. I'm walking. So I get into the arena right now. This is a Thomas and Mac. This ain't even Cox Pavilion. Like I'm walking to Thomas and Mac and I go by one of the, um, by one of the, uh, the, the tunnels and shout out to the, to the little homie Josh. And so he's over here. Like he's like putting the ball up or whatever. And I'm like, and he's like over the over the railing, putting the ball yeah. up. And I'm like, you're like, I'm not Thabo Cephalosha. You got the wrong one. I'm not. I'm not him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not him. But he's like, no, Logan, real ones. And he throws the ball down. I sign it and throw it right back up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well. So we have shout arrived. out to real, shout out, shout out to real ones out there. Well, shout out Josh. Shout out we Josh. see you, buddy. But yeah, the brand is strong, Roger. I just want to like just to report the brand is strong. We need. I'm just gonna say this out loud to, for public pressure. We probably need a live show, bro. We need to lock it in. I don't know when it's gonna ever. It's gonna happen. One, I want to like meet my guy, my dog. But like, yeah. there's. A, I think there's a demand for a live show, bud. Well, I'm down. I mean, provided, I mean, there are a lot of stipulations around me being down. Of course. <laughs> of course. If those are met, I could definitely possibly maybe be down. I'm maybe. down. If I'm you're down. in the Legends thing next year, you we got to do a live pod from Vegas. It's a 99% chance that I'm not going to Vegas for the Legends thing. I know. Just, just I'm pretty, I know. I know. If I, you know, I, I, you know. What were your observations from Summer League as a guy on the couch with kids? Um, I can always appreciate Summer League because it's what I had to do to come up. It wasn't like, hey, you got drafted. We want you to go out there and run a few games. Let us get a quick look. And then it doesn't really factor into your 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 positioning on this team at all. But let's, you know, let's let's just go see what you look like. So, you know, I always appreciated because I was a dude where it had it meant something. Like it was factoring in into whether I got an invite back to vet camp or you know, in some instances, I was signed like with with the the Spurs. I was signed 
right out of summer league, like literally in the middle of summer league, they told me they were going to sign me. So it had real ramifications every minute that I got, um, you know, every practice leading up to it meant something to me. So I watch it kind of through those lenses or, or through that, you know, that lens. And I'm looking for players like that. A lot of very skilled basketball players. Uh, but as I'm older now and I'm sitting back watching it, a lot of guys that don't really know what they're doing. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, like you could see the skill level. You yeah. can see that, you know, there are good players in terms of, you know, can you shoot it? Can you handle it? You know, are you physically strong? Are you athletic? But, you know, just unseasoned for the most part, you know, and that's okay because, I mean, if if I'm really reflecting back and comparing to when I played, they're probably even more seasoned than I was when I came in. So I don't even know what the hell I would have looked like. But I saw a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of guys playing hard. Um, you know, in, in some instances, a lot of guys pressing, you know, that's a... Yeah. It's a fine line between, and and I don't really know exactly what it is. I mean, you could call it luck. You could call it, you know, there are a lot of ways to characterize this. Both players, player A and player B, wanting to go out there, very similar skill sets, um, nothing that really separates them except player A can get out there and just relax and play, even though he's playing really hard and it means a lot. And player mm-hmm. B just tries a little too hard and it, it doesn't translate. So, you know, yeah. you saw some of that. And then obviously, you know, looking at the the big guys was fun. You know, the Wemby's and the Scoots and the the Thompson twins like that. You know, it was fun to watch those guys. I want to get to the, the Wemby stuff in a second and s- talk about Scoot. But I do have to run something by you really quickly because this is an observation that I had. Just like the different types of player experiences. Because the thing about Vegas, especially during Summer League, it's just like everybody you no in the NBA is just walking around and you can just see different types of players and things like that. And also you could kind of see the players where it's like Vegas is getting to them a little bit, you know, they, they, there's a little bit too many vibes. How do you like there, there were a couple of guys, you know, like not suited up looking all in the stands during the game and stuff, just trying to be seen, you know, there's those guys, there's the, there's the guys, you know, that are probably not going to make it just because of the simple fact they're not like locked in at all. in this, this opportunity, what are you, the kind of barometers and kind of clues that you're looking at in summer league from a, a veterans vet perspective, but also like a front office perspective. What kind of, what's the, what, what kind of body language doctor do you have to be? And you're like, uh, I don't like this. I don't know. I, I saw a <laughs> lot of that from my, my thing, but I'm also a curmudgeon and I'm also getting old and washed. So I don't know if I'm like, do you see that? Like, what are you looking for as a front office guy on like how you want summer league players to lock who, in. What, what level of player am I looking at? Like, who am I looking at? Am I looking at our first round pick? Am I looking at a guy that's that's trying to get an invite to vet camp? Am I looking at a a guy who's two years in, um, probably going to come to vet camp? We're trying to make a decision on whether or not he makes final roster. Like, what? Because all there might be a different answer for every. Okay, you know, different right. level of play. I'm glad you did this because this is this is great fodder for the summer league pot. Um, let's just go down the line with it. Uh, first round pick. Let's start with the first round pick. Who, what are you, what are you looking for from a body language perspective, and or what are you looking for from just how he how he goes about you know their business? Yeah. Um, first round pick. Let's see. I'd be looking for you know a level of of confidence. Um, I'd be looking for a level of of leadership. Um, you know, c- competitiveness. Like, are we gonna, are we gonna be out there? You know, 
trying to win games, you know, even though that's not always the name of the game at Summer League, like I want the players to think that that's, you know, we're out here trying to win, right? And are you going to lead the charge in that regard? Um, you know, I already know what his skill set is like for the most part. I, I've worked him out a bunch of times. I've done extensive, you know, digging into his game and stuff like that. I'm going to keep an eye on you in terms of when you're coming in and out of the hotel, you know, like what, what, what times are we checking in, man? Is he, is he per hour security staff rumbling in here at 4 a.m. like every night, like those those type of things. But for the most part, I want to see on the court, if you're going to lead, um, you know, if you're how you interact with your teammates, if they're not living up to your standard as a first-round pick, things like that. Okay, so how about the... Uh, this is another one. The the sec, the second-year guy who played a, a, a year in the NBA, but he's in summer league again. For, yeah, and and that's that's kind of evolved, right? Because they used to be like, "Oh man, what are you doing to summer league for the second straight year?" But now I think that's evolved into, "Yo, you need to play this." There was a lot of players on OKC that were getting summer league reps, right? And I and, absolutely uh, Justin Smith Jr. Great example who was balling. I was at that game when he played it. Uh, played that game against the Rockets, got the game winner. But what are you looking for for those guys? Well, let me break those down into and that that specific category down into two subcategories right let's go with the guy who played a lot his first year in the nba um had success and now he's here at summer league i'm looking for i'm looking for domination you know i'm looking for him to like let's see if he can hop back in with with this level of player having this experience for a year and let's see if he can get what he wants whenever he wants to get it whatever that looks like S- specific to whether you're a guard a big um you know, that you should be at that point, if you've had success in the league for a year, pretty much getting whatever you want in summer league. You should be efficient. Um, the, the same leadership type of qualities and, and, um, you know, veteran type of presence because you are the vet in that scenario. Um, is he comporting himself like a pro and, and on the court, like real talk, he should be getting whatever he wants whenever he wants to get it. And now let's go to the player that didn't maybe play as much was in and out of the rotation. Um, I want I want to I want to see if that skill set has developed like things that you maybe struggled with and those were the reasons why we couldn't kind of get you into to games or things that we saw that were weaknesses uh, of yours throughout practice and that we targeted to work on as a staff with our player development team like are those things starting to round into form is his jump shot coming along is he looking for his jump shot um you know what what is what is he doing defensively are we still having these lapses off ball like whatever whatever those things are I'm trying to see if you are developing in those areas because, you know, obviously you've made a roster. We see something in you. There's, there's the, 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 the bones of the house are good. Forgive my pun, but the bones of the house are good or the analogy, whatever. What is that? What would that be? A pun or an analogy? You're a writer. It's whatever you want it to be, man. Whatever we're, the fuck we're, it we're, is. We're but they're yeah. good. There are some things that we need to work on, right? And, and, and if we can get those square, you should be a contributor. Let's see if they're developing the way we want them to develop. And the last one, which is the 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 uh, the player that I thought was catting off, and I don't even know the name to do, but like just you know the, the ones at the end of the bench that probably are at least had intentions on going to vet camp or training camp or whatever camp that was supposed to happen in two months from now. What are what are you looking for from them? Certainly not what you were describing. I mean, <laughs> I would be looking for um, a guy that when I showed up to the gym, he was in there already. You know, when my when my first round pick showed up to the gym already, you know, he would be if my first round pick was the leader, by example, he'd have to adjust his schedule to beat this other kid into the gym because this other kid is like, I, yo, I'm here. 
And I'm here for one reason, his level of hunger, um, you know, his level of, of his level of, um, understanding of kind of what his role is, even on this summer league team, you are out here with our first round pick from this year. You're out here with our first round pick from last year. And you're out here with a guy who made our team last year. All right. That's at least three mofos that probably are going to eat before you eat. Do you understand that? Or are you out here taking the ball in ISO mode, trying to show us that you can score 25 points a game? Like what's his understanding of that? Um, is he coachable? Like if we have these conversations with him, you know, in, in regards to like, Hey, what we need from you as a supporting cast member now, can he take that and, and try to deliver? Or is he looking at you like, man, I'm, I, that's not what I do. I'm just going to do me and in an audition for the rest of these, these teams, you know, is his focus where it's supposed to be like, bro, every time out, I'm not, I'm not in the stands. Like every time out, even if I'm not in the game, I am when the coach turns around to try to get out of the huddle, he's bumping into my ass. Hey, oh, it's my bad, hey, coach. I'm, I'm, yeah, I was no, like, sorry. I'm bad. That's uh, sorry. Yeah, like you got to tell me to get out of the way because I'm here. And so, th- no, but these are the things that if you're going to take a flyer on a guy to have as your, you know, 11, 12, 13th guy on a roster as a project. Like you want to know that the foundation is solid. Like all of that criteria is met. Now, his skill and the things that you're going to ask him to do may need developing, but as a human being, as a person who understands time, place, situation, you know, like he's got all of those things down, high character. So the last thing I would be looking for in a type of player that would be maybe making a roster, maybe coming to vet camp, like something like that would be like, what does he do if we barely put him in a game? Like if he gets in for the last 35, 45 minute and a half, what have you, these minutes don't mean anything really in terms of winning or losing. How does he compete? What does he do? Does he go out there and he thinks he's too cool for those minutes? Is he acting like this is an embarrassment to like, you know, who he is as a player? Or will he go out there and fight in whatever minutes we give him to show something? Like that shows spirit. It shows class. It shows, you know, who you are at, at your core. And real talk, I, I was playing in those minutes in the CBA. Like I started in the CBA, not even playing. Like wow. really getting garbage minutes. And, you know, I just did that over and over and whatever they give me and it's snowballed and, and you wind up, you know, making something out of uh, out of essentially nothing. But I would definitely be looking for that. Uh, before I went to Vegas last week, I was in uh, L.A. for a day to go watch the uh, L.A. Sparks play. And mm-hmm. also, you know, to see, the, see my homie, uh, Laysha Clarendon, who was injured during the game. She was injured. She was not playing because she was injured. And the level of... I'm going to be in every huddle and live and die by every huddle was so palpable, Raja. The fact that like, like you can tell it's the pro game. Isn't that different in terms of body language than any other form of basketball that you can think of, right? From like middle school to high school, all the same intangibles are pretty much the same. Right. And when I saw Lasia, uh, just, even as an injured player, uh, just, you know, in the huddles, like maybe taking the board and putting their arm around people and stuff like that, or just honestly living and dying by the game. I'm sure it's harder when you're not playing the game, uh, when you're injured and not being able to actually have that type of impact. But you can tell the people that give a fuck versus the ones that don't even at the pro level all the time. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I try to tell like, you know, my middle boy Ty was, was at live period, 
you know, his first go around, he was a, he's a rising eighth grader. Um, and he went with his varsity to live period, the multiple camps this summer. And so a couple of them, I, I, well, one of them I got to go to two, I didn't get to go to cause I was with Dia, but a lot of our conversations revolved around, you know, um, in, in, in situations where you can't go out there and show them necessarily what you can do with a skill set because of your age and you had older players on the team and you may be getting in, you may not be getting in. Like, what can you do to make sure that people evaluating understand how invested you are in this process? Like, and, and if you're someone who is a competitor, it's going to be human nature to feel like, some kind of way about not getting in that game, but you got to channel that and direct that. So instead of having a shit face about it or, or sulking, right? Like that's one way to channel it. Hey, you be the most, you be the most hype and helpful person on that bench. Like every time people are coming out of the game, you, you should be meeting them on the court. Not when they get to the bench, Yolo ass should be jogging out, dapping people up. You know, if there's a little bit of something that you see that, that you think could be helpful, Maybe chime into one of your partners on the sideline. Be like, hey, man, watch, you know, they're playing pick and roll like this, but you should be helping. You should be adding to this equation, man. Like anytime there's a timeout or something going on, absolutely front and center. If anything is taking place in the game, like you should be the first one up cheering. Like, you know, these are the things that if you're raised right in this game and you're a competitor, people teach you, you know, how, how, how to handle your business. And for the most part, you know, like your partner is a pro, like a high level pro, a contributing pro to winning. Like that's just given when you see, you know, and I can speak to this because I was both. Like when I played, I was the guy we're talking about. And at the end, of, when I was disgruntled and I was being an old jackass, I was the other guy sitting there like, man, I'm going to fuck about this, bro. Like, you're over here giving you know the I mean? weak high five from the bench. Yeah, so you're not like, even bro, really just, just getting up. You're just like, here, bro. I'm just trying to go home, bro. I'm trying to get to the crib and see my kids, you know? And so... I know what they both look like and I know what they both can do to a locker room or to, to an organization, you know? And so, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, talking to my kids or any kids that will listen, even kids on my teams about that, because it's critical, man, that people don't even know what the, what, what, what type of drain, you know, that can have on the collective psyche of an organization or a team versus what type of fountain and addition you can be if you have the opposite energy, you know? And it's really, you know, it's really critical that you get it right. All of that, Raja. And you can tell a lot about a team and where it's going by just looking at the bench. You know, you can tell a lot by how the team is doing, if the team is going anywhere, if the team is engaged, all of those things by just looking at the bench. If you see a guy, if you see someone just like eh, fake out, yeah, whatever. Or if you see somebody just LeBron is a good example of this because you can honestly just tell by his reactions on the bench what he feels about anything, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't, his body language will never lie. And right. so like, and that goes both ways, right? Because uh, I see some of the things like I've seen him be like, whack on the sidelines, but I've also seen him engaged. Like the last part of this Lakers season, when they were going on that run without him, he was so locked in, giving like high fives, giving coaching and things like that because he saw the team that he had a chance. But like there are other times where he's just like, uh, eh, eh, eh. But that's palpable when you see like when you see no. players and I, I don't mean to just single out LeBron because other stars do that too, but like you could, the energy is palpable and you need that 
to get your your juju good when pe- when when players are just like, yeah, you're good job, good job, or they're up and they're giving energy. One hundred percent. LeBron is a great example of it. I think he's an he's an interesting one, right? Because he's such a great player. Um, and I think way more often, I mean, way more often than not, um, falls into the category of 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 helping in, in, instead of hurting. However, the times that stars like the the times that stars have the negative body language, um, and look, you're allowed to have it. Like you, you're trying to get something done. Sometimes us as role players can't do the things that you do. Like we'll fall short. That's why we're role players and you guys are the stars. But man, I talk, I talk about this all the time. It, it is, it is really, really tough when you play with a dude. And LeBron's not an example of this kind of dude, but a dude who more often than not is going to blame you as the role guy for something that goes wrong instead of shouldering that himself. Now, LeBron's not that guy, but I would say in those times where it's evident that we've let you down and, and you can like, we know we've let you down. So when your body language is bad and, and, and you look negative about it, while that's human and it's allowed, man, that really fucks with the role player, man. Like it can, because star has so much power, bro. That's so much so much power. So, you know, I always relate shit like you know, to the kids. So I'll allow me to do it again. Like Dia's about to step up as, as, as the head of a, of, of a nationally ranked football team down here in, in, in Florida. Right. He's and a quarterback. I talk to him all the time. I said, listen, bro, I lived this. I played with multiple different dudes who were the guy. And the ones that I wanted to play for the most were the ones where if something went wrong, even if they knew it might've been someone else's fault, they knew that their shoulders were broad enough and they had enough confidence with the organization and it would be much better for that other player's psyche that if they just said, yo, dog, that's on me. Don't even worry about it. The, the guys that you didn't want to play with, the ones that didn't have equity with you, the ones that didn't lead in the right way were the ones that even if it was their fault slightly, were pointing the finger and placing blame on other people. So I think it's it's for for those guys that are leading for those guys that are looking for people to follow them for those guys that are that are wanting people to to um get in line and and do what what you need them to do to help people get toward championships being able to say like yo that's on me even if it's not even if the media gets at you a little bit i mean your brand is so strong it nobody gives a fuck like i ain't yeah. got to i don't have a brand yeah. Like, like, why blame me, bro? My brand you, you is know. you fucking yelling at me on national television right now. Yeah. So it, it, like, look, they're again a human, and I ain't. I'm not talking shit about it, but a, a lot of times when that human element pops up, and if it's if it's you know if somebody catches it or it, it isn't controlled right away, and it becomes a thing, like that, that can do way more damage to those guys sitting around, you know, trying to just trying to live up to to the expectations than you would know. Definitely. Um, it was like, I always think about the story about, I think it was, the, it was, I forgot which Super Bowl it was. It was, I got to get all this Niners propaganda because I'm in the Bay, but there's a story in the Super Bowl. I, I forget what 80s, it's going to fucking rack my brain. But anyway, the, I think the um, Joe Montana, it was the last uh, drive, right? Yep. And I think they're at their own end zone, the Niners are. And he goes. This is the, to win the to win the Super Bowl. He goes into the first huddle, and the first thing he says is, "Hey guys, there's John Candy over there." And he's John Candy's at the other end of the field. He says, yeah. "Let's go say hi to him," and they fucking go down the field yeah. and score. Yeah. <laughs> like you, like that. 
just that as a leader, like just putting your guys on at ease in that way just does so much. It's, it's huge. Um, you know, cause I, I talk about this in, in, you know, as it, as it kind of pertains to guys coming out and doing their job. Um, like in playoff games, we talk a lot about a star coming out and being a star and then role players like saying, oh, okay, we're good here. Like he's doing, he's doing his thing. Like, you know, I'm good. Now, not every role player is like, like I wasn't necessarily like that. I, like real talk, like to very degrees of success, but I was just coming out to do what I did. I didn't give a fuck whether, you know, listen, if Logan don't play good, that ain't my problem. Like I'm coming out to do me. It doesn't mean I'm always going to be great, but I didn't really roll like that, but I knew other role players and guys that were like, they're looking around for cues. Like, yo, are we good today? Are we good? We're good. Okay. We're good. Um, and so that's one of those things, right? Like he's relaxed. Joe Montana's relaxed. Like he ain't out here, like heart beating out of his chest. Like, you know, sweat dripping down his cheeks. Okay. We're straight. Like, Let's 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 go do this. And it just might be from uh, Montana. His heart might be beating, but he ain't gonna show you. Fair. Now the other part of it, and and this is, you know, they're far greater leaders than I ever was. But uh, you know, like that's one part of it. And the other part of it is also being able to hold people accountable. So while I'm telling you, like the body language and the shit face and the demonstrative display of dissatisfaction can be you know, negative at times. There are also times where you got to hold people to the standard that you expect them to. to I, we had this conversation the other day. Dia, you got receivers that don't aren't where they're supposed to be. Like, you don't trust them. They don't show up on, on Sundays and Saturdays to get that extra work in with you outside of practice. You need to have a conversation with them. Hey, listen, partner, you ain't going to get this ball. I'm not throwing it to you. Why? I don't trust you. Why? Because you ain't where you're supposed to be. And every time I give you an opportunity to come out here and fuck with us and get some extra reps, you don't show up. Mm. And, if, and you know, but listen, but but you have those conversations with expectations, you know what I mean? And you and you communicate and you don't have to show the world that 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 he ain't doing his job and try to show him up and make him look like an asshole. You just have a private conversation. You know what I mean? Letting people know what this looks like. And then the ball's in their court. But there are times where leaders have to do that too. You know, you can't always be like, hey guys, my fault. It's going to be like, sometimes you got to be, hey, bro, we got to tighten up. This is not it. Yep. And the, the line, being able to toe that line and knowing when to do one and when, in the, when to do the other and when to lead by example, you know, without saying anything, that, that's what makes great leaders great leaders. All of that is true. I want to take a quick break and we're going to talk about Summer League some more. <laughs> this episode is supported by State Farm. Man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. 
Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. And we are back. want to talk a little bit about just the difference and the debuts of two players that I was really looking forward to seeing in summer league. And that will be Scoot Henderson and obviously Wimby. Um, bro, I saw Scoot's first game in Vegas and just to like, just the command that he already had of this is my team. And like I had heard from people that he was the guy he was, um, he was going to make a splash, but, and he had all these intangibles, right? But like you don't I don't care about none of that shit until I watch you play for myself. You know, I'm sure you feel the same way. We're going to see what this is like up close. And the command that he had off rip was so impressive. And then I go and look and then I see Wimbenyama's first game and there was so much potential there. But there were a lot of just mistakes that I and the 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 conclusion that I got was, damn, both these dudes are going to be special, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, just in their different <laughs> ways. How did you c- compare and contrast for me how you scouted both of those guys during when you seen like even the bits and pieces that you seen? What were you looking for? What did you see that was good and bad? I didn't really do a full scout because full disclosure, I was like on vacation up in in New York and I was just sitting kind of on the couch with other people watching the game, like having a beer. So I didn't get to really like dig in, dig in and into a scout. But I, I was looking to see if they're if their main billable thing, like if they're if the thing that people say is so special about them, if that jumped off the page to me, right? Like so like was Scoot's athleticism uh, allowing him to get where when he wanted to do it, get where he wanted to go easily. Do you know? Like did he did he look like he was I mean, it's tough. He played in the G League, but so it's not necessarily a step up in level for him. But like, is this speed and athleticism going to translate into summer league? Basically, like, let me see. Like, and to some degree, you know, what what does the shot really look like in live speed? Because I hadn't watched a lot of him in in you know in in, in with the Ignite or wherever he played. So um, I felt pretty good about about Scoots. Felt pretty good about it. Like I was like, oh yeah, when he wants to go, he goes. Like that step is real. Like there's a there's a real physicality there. Um, you know, he looks like he could get where he want to go. A lot of the nuances of, of playing and understanding, and although there's no real deficit in them, they get better and better and better the more you have the ball in your hand. So, like, you know, he'll polish up in, in some areas and get better at certain things. But, you know, I, I kind of liked what I saw, but that's what I was really looking for with him. Like, look, man, l- l- let's see if this is an elite NBA type of athleticism that when it hits a court, at least in the G League right now, looks like that. And, and then with Wemby... You know, I watched both games. Um, I was really trying to see with him the physicality. What would that look like? Now, and and and, and I want to just pause for a second because most people will probably be like, "Well, you saw him play against like G League select teams, and he came over and he dropped, you know, twenty eight and so on and so forth." Sure, and that's fair. But 
when you're in the summer league, and I've already told you, there's a bunch of dudes on rosters that want to just make a, 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 a vet camp. There's a level, even though the play might not be the super highest level play at times, there's a level of hunger and of like, yo, I really need this. It's out there. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there are people scrapping for their survival in the basketball world. And so I wanted to see, you know, if he met some bigs like that or some, you know, people guarding him like that, how he was able to kind of maneuver, like what, what the physicality was going to be the thing. Like he's so long and he's so lean defensively around the rim with that length. I mean, that's going to, that's going to affect the game right away. But I saw a lot of instances and this isn't like a knock on whether he'll be good or not, or whether he'll reach a bite. There, he is going to have to get a lot stronger. Like, and I've heard him That's say, make, make comments about like, he don't got to get bigger and all. No, you, yes, you do. Sorry. Bro, I literally Sorry. said that to somebody after the game at Thomas and Mac. I said verbatim, I said, I don't give a fuck what he says about the push-ups and the length and all those things. He's getting pushed around. There were yeah. a few times where, and it goes, it's funny that you said what you said just about comfortability. Like, Scoot just looked more comfortable, right? And it makes sense because the G League Ignite play in Vegas, right? Like, he's just in a very way comfortable setting right now and also right. has been just playing this style, whereas... Wimby has been not only just played like a championship overseas before he came here, had to go through the all the shit through the draft and then do these little practice sessions. He said one of the, like after the game, he's just excited to just finally just get some downtime, you know, in San Antonio yeah, and yeah. just kind of get back in the lab. But you saw that in Wimbenyama's game where he was a, he was a bit indecisive too, right? Where like, even I think about the dunk, when he got dunked on, he read the play perfectly. He he saw where it was. If he just if he just innately just goes there and just trusts his instincts off top, he would have blocked it. It wouldn't even been a high, the highlight would have been him blocking it and getting it out of the way. But uh, there were certain things where I was like, oh, if this goes right, what he's thinking in his head goes right. He's going to he's going to make some plays. He needs to figure out how to dribble though. I will say that he got stripped every time going to the cup. Um and they'll figure it out. Like Pop was got a was was sitting right below me and yeah. he was watching everything with RC Buford and the rest of the Spurs staff. Like I don't doubt that he's going to figure it out because in the best possible environment to do so. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, the Spurs are, you know, as good as anyone historically speaking about, you know, their development. Now, I, I don't I, I yeah, I I I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, and I wasn't like knee jerking saying, oh man, God damn, like he didn't score the ball. Like I wasn't really, or, or the other way when he had the 27, like I, you know, I was just really just watching. And the one thing I took away from it, cause even when you're talking about getting stripped, like that's a strength issue. That's a, you know, when, when, when that, you know, you're, 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 you're long and you're, and you're, and you're lean and, you know, that's a, that's a grip strength. Like you're trying to pick that ball up and and handle it. Like, you know, let's use Steph Marbury. You remember when Steph used to come through there like a like a running back Jeez. with that ball tucked and he'd have it yep. in? Like he was so strong. You couldn't get that out. Now, right. it's, it's not a, a great comparison because he's a PG and Wemby's. But the point is, like that that ability to get that ball off that floor. You know what he looked like though, Ra? He looked like Summer League Giannis. If anybody looks at like how raw Giannis was when he first got in the league, it's just like this, this just barreling service or whatever you want to call it. And it's just, it's just out of control. Wimby had a lot of that the first two games, but it was like, it was, it was, it was, it was sprinkled with like special moments. 
Yeah, so I didn't see Giannis, right? I thought Wemby, like you could see, you're like, okay, yeah, he could do, like there's some there's some shit there for sure. Not taking anything away from that. There's some shit there. The, the, the question becomes like, you know, I, I'm not even looking at conversions. I'm looking at like, there were plays where he was handling it, getting into a spin, like, and trying to, and he's falling down. Right, Like, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you, you, there were a lot of those, Logan. Like, I'm not here to, this is, this has nothing to do with whether or not I think he'll be good or not long term, but you know, when it when it's hard for you to keep your legs under you in a in a G League game or how many or, times uh, on the television did you say, get your big ass up? <laughs> I didn't say it because I was just kind of like, damn, if he's down again, like, oh, he lost his balance again. Like, and that that yeah. might be if he played more in the summer league, might have been something that didn't happen. He had his legs under him, he hadn't played in a while, but it'll be remain to be seen. But my first thing was like, man, he's gonna have to whatever they're talking about in terms of weight, you gotta throw that out the window, son. You're gonna need some more weight to play in that league. One of the other things before we get out of here that I wanted to get your your take on, because um, honestly, Roger said twenty five minutes today, and we are over time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to get your take though, because when we were there, the NBA announced the mid season tournament in which all thirty teams will compete in the inaugural NBA Cup. It will be divided into six groups, five teams. Groups are based on prior season's regular season record. Each team plays the four teams in its group once. All tournament games will count towards the regular season standings except for the championship. There are knockout rounds. There are league honors. There's a prize pool. Raja, you're an NBA player. I need you to go back 20 years, um, as a, however you are. What would you think about a tournament like this after what I just told you to start the season? I would have thought it was horseshit. I mean, that's what I would, when I played, I would have been like, kind of got like, oh, you were, you were, you were kind of getting mad as I was telling you the, like, the, the rundown. <laughs> Having said that, as a fan of the NBA now, like, I'm interested. I am. Like, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay with like us trying to see what this looks like if it, if it, uh, if it incentivizes people in different ways. Like, I am, I'm intrigued. I want to see. Like, as a player, I would have been like, this is absolute bullshit. But I was like that with the dress code. I was like that with everything. That's just who I am. I don't like to change. I'm like, this is bullshit. But, uh, but I, I just want to, like, I mean, I, <laughs> bro, I really want <laughs> This is all true. This is all I was, true. I was like that every time I had to play for a new coach. You're like, still like that damn motherfucker. You're still like saying, that right that's now. Who I am. That's who I am. But, but, uh, as a fan, I'm intrigued. I'd like to see. I don't know how you get guys to play in it. You know, how you how you get teams to put forth their best effort. Like, I don't know how all that's going to work out. I just think that, like, the, the, when I was talking to all the homies in Vegas, I was just thinking, like, this is going to affect the younger teams more. Because, like, think about, like, a Sacramento, right, who just wants to make a an imprint on the league. Right. Or one of these young teams that just was like, yo, we want to want to show out or like the Memphis Grizzlies or the the what we were talking about, uh, the one that got most of the attention, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. Ooh. The team that just loves like probably just relishes in tournaments like this. Right. Who's going to play really hard and just stick their chest out and maybe put the banner up if they win this. Right. Right. But like the older. <laughs> Why not just go in on them? <laughs> I was out of pocket. But um, but like or as opposed to like the Lakers who need to keep their health right like or they ain't got shit to prove they're trying to they're trying to win the title or like the nuggets hey. trying to win the title they don't give a fuck about a midseason tournament in december that's what's going to be interesting like strategically how these teams go about this tournament because and then if what if what if the the lakers are like lebron's like bro 
I'm just I'm not trying to go hard this hard this early in the season. What if teams like that just start point shaving? Not even like on no betting anything like that, but like they're not giving their best effort on these games, right? Just to like, yo, how how does that work? Like, what is going to happen? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how you do that because cats sit out now for load management on a regular Wednesday night. Like, why? Why? It, it like doesn't get to the mean championship anything, game like, and LeBron is like, yo, I'm gonna sit this game out, bro. Like, yeah, like what's well, like, the fuck? Give a damn yeah. about this cup. I mean, what always speaks, and I guess. What always speaks to to a player like me, when I was around, like making mid level mid level money now is so it's so not like it's it's astronomical money. Um, so it might not speak the same way it did when I played. But same, but like, same thing exists. I think what you're about to say. Yeah, if you if you make that if you make the cash prize and the pool big enough, I'm trying know, to get this two hundred k. What you mean? It's down payment on a house. Yeah, but I mean it would like now. Like, I don't think, I don't know if 200K would be doing it for boys. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know what the, because, yeah, I really don't. It's, it's going to be fascinating. I would have loved to have been in the meetings when they like conceptualized it and they were going through like the, the possible, um, uh, pros and cons and some of the, some of the issues that they thought might arise. Like, what were their solutions to them? I would, I'd just be fascinated to know. I'd love to sit down and ask, Hey, how did you guys plan to guard against X, Y, and Z? Like, do you not care? Oh, that's not going to be a deal. You think the tournament's just going to be good enough? Fans will be tuned in. Like I, I, I'm fascinated. I know Vegas going to be rocking, no matter who's playing in those uh, those conference, whatever ones, like the semifinals and the finals. It's going to be popping, man. Like it was, it was. People were juiced about it, like in summer league. Like fans were excited about it. Like it's going to be a really good thing. And I'll tell you what, man, Las Vegas, they're not fucking around right now, man. They wanted a real event. Every 365, they want to, they want something popping in Vegas now, brother. I don't even think there's going to be no lull period or nothing, man. It's about to be like popping, popping in Vegas now. Well, that's my report from Vegas, Raja. That's there my you report. go. I I won't be there, but there you go. Because they about to do F1 and shit. They was like prepping for F1 through the city, dog. Like they're going to. So what I heard was they're going to have like during the F1, they're going to have uh, stands up in the like where the Bellagio um, fountains are. They just going to put yeah. stands there like for VIP people, bro. It's going to be tight. Yeah, that's so tough, man. Yeah, I, I wait to I, watch I actually, that on television. I talk a lot of shit about Vegas. I like Vegas. I do. I enjoy time in Vegas. I like, can't be there for too long, but. But it's just, it takes a lot out of me, man. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of walking. Just unnecessary walking. It's like you're going to the abyss, no matter what. All right. We gave you guys 45 minutes. Let's go to it. It's Thursday. Let's, um, let's go to our segment we like to call Real One of the Week, where we per- point out a person, entity, or organization that won the week. All right. I got my Real One of the Week, Mr. Usher Raymond. I went to the show last night. I'm still tired from it because I just got back home. Hey. Usher. His residency at Park MGM cannot recommend it enough. Okay, it was it was like church, bro. I'm not gonna hold you. They was when they when they broke out the uh, like the DJ pre uh, Usher. They broke yeah. out the Bobby Brown. They broke out the outstanding the Gap Band. They broke out all of it. It was like a whole HBCU function. It was fire, and then the show itself was great. Um, he Usher went on for like two and a half hours, bro. Like he was, he was locked in, um, which it was a great show. So Usher, real one of the week. Appreciate it, bud. Who was your real one of the week, bro? I've been seeing a lot of stuff. Uh, been seeing a lot of stuff out there about Usher and these concerts, bro. You've been getting people in trouble. So I don't know how you roller skate, bro. Like, I don't know how you roller skate and do all that stuff like in motion and unison. I would have broke my whole ass. 
Hold on. <laughs> All right, man. All right. My my real one of the week is gonna be Wimbledon. It's gonna be American tennis player Christopher Eubanks. Um, Word. He lost in the quarters, but but uh, it is his first. It's his first time there. It's his first time at Wimbledon. Um, man got one of the best forehands in tennis, bro. He's got a a rocket serve. Um, young black American tennis player remains to be seen. Like if he. If he's if he's here to stay or or what, but he had a nice showing at Wimbledon, so he'd be my real one of the week. Are you how how much um, affinity do you have for tennis? Is it like your football is your f- number one? Where's ten- uh, basketball? I'm assuming is your number two. Is tennis your like close number three? Because you played tennis, right? Um, I did play tennis. I did play tennis and I swam growing up in the Virgin Islands. But I play everything. My dad was a PE coach, but I have an affinity for tennis. Um, I will watch major matches. Um, I think golf is number. Three for me, mm, like probably okay. golf and and then tennis. Got it. I was um, <laughs> I was asking a friend of the show, Sue Bird. Like one time we were just kicking it, and I was at an her, I was like, so like, what is like Megan taught you about soccer, right? And she yeah. was like, basically not much, because like I had to choose in in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I shouldn't I, I shouldn't forget soccer either. Soccer slots in there with and soccer might be before tennis. Could you have like could you did you were you in a position where you had to choose? Is my question. Cuz like you're an athlete at the end of the day. I was yeah, I uh, I had to choose between um I made the choice not to play tennis pretty early, like when I when I moved um and then I really wanted to play football and I was made that like it was summer league. I mean, spring basketball down here, but you also have spring football. And the football coach told me that I could not play spring basketball if I wanted to play football. And so he made the choice for me. And I said, we're good. Thank you. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's but, crazy. But it, yeah, listen, it worked out. Well, we worked out. All right. Little housekeeping news. Um, no show next week, uh, but we have a show coming for you guys soon. Um, you know, if people come through. It should be a very, very special episode. So you guys stay tuned for that. Um, Yeah, we'll see you guys when we see you. Talk soon. Tap in. Bye.